Hey everybody, producer Ryan here. Just a quick reminder that we're going to be in San Francisco tomorrow, Thursday, April 18th for one show at the Darkroom Theater. You can get tickets now at putyourhandstogethersf.eventbrite.com. And we're also going to be in Portland, Oregon on Sunday, April 21st as part of the Bridgetown Comedy Festival. You can get more information at bridgetowncomedy.com. So come to either or come to both. Hope to see you there and enjoy the show. Thanks. Put your hands together. Put your hands together. Put your hands together. Put your hands together. Put What's up, everybody? Thanks for coming out to the UCB. Put your hands together. Put your hands together. Please shut up your cell phones. Please put together. your hands together put for your, your host, together. Cameron Esposito. Put your hands together. Get ready to clap. Your hands together. Put your hands together. guys put your do what the song says and clap also now again even good job guys good job it's good to see you guys i'm happy to be here with you uh today i'm happy to see you this is a weird how do you guys feel about being at a comedy show today are you guys ready to be back at jokes do we need more time being human people that care about each other I personally am having a little... Well, we've got an amazing... First of all, I'll say this. We've got a great show. Some fucking awesome comics. They're in the back. They, you, they can hear you. Clap for them. <laughs> Clap for them. Also, I feel a little bit, uh, you know, funny um, telling jokes when... So we're, we're recording this on Tuesday, and uh, yesterday, because also there's a podcast, uh, so that's why I said that. that'd be <laughs> what if I was just saying that in my own head, and then there was, you guys saw no recording devices. And then I also said, I used the phrase we. We're recording this on Tuesday. And then you guys were all like, who's wearing the wire? No, uh, we're recording this on Tuesday, and then yesterday um, was the uh, bombing and explosion at the Boston Marathon. And I do feel like, because I'm a human person, I feel like it's important to just acknowledge when things like that happen, uh, especially as a comic. I mean, I feel like you really have to... I mean, our whole job is talking about uh, life and our lives, and then something like large like that happens. And it's not actually... I, I also know that there's a lot of people that are posting, or specifically maybe some other comics that I know that are kind of... Um, well professional comics that were posting things like, why do, you, why do you care about this? Why do you care about this? Terrible things happen every day. Uh, why do you care about this? I think terrible things uh, do happen every day, and also we have to forget about them every day. Because every day, if we didn't forget about all the terrible things that happen, we would die. <laughs> we would not be able to get food for ourselves. <laughs> because we'd be exhausted and in bed if we just thought about it all the time. So then I think when something really big happens that's like immediate, like where you can physically see the footage and it's happening and people are you know, tweeting about it as it's happening, when something like that happens, just like a moment like that, I think what it is is it's not, it's not like, I mean, I'm very uh, sad for the, the people that lost limbs and lives, but it's also that moment, it's that, it's that moment where we have to check ourselves and we just go like, oh, fuck, I had honestly forgotten that it was terrible. It's eating a sandwich. And the sandwich was good. So for a minute, I thought we were okay. 
Turns out we're fucked. I used to live in Boston. I lived in Boston for six years, and that's a very important and like key part of that city. Is that I think that's another reason that it was so affecting. Is that that marathon that day? It's a fake holiday. Even the whole city of Boston takes it off, and it's called Patriots Day, which doesn't. It's not actually a very patriotic. Patriotic. There's not anything. That's just the football team, but unrelated. That's not. It's not a day of patriot. Everybody just. And I went to um, Boston College. It's like right on the uh, marathon route, route, however you want to say it. And what everybody that goes to college does is they get up really early in the morning and get super drunk and then go watch people do amazing things with their bodies. (laughs) And sometimes, at least once a year, one of those very drunk kids is like, I think I got this! And then does finish the marathon. (laughs) There's always like people that have been training for a really long time very inspiring wheelchair racers, blind runners with guides, and then like one asshole drunk kid in a Spider-Man costume. <laughs> but I, I love, uh, I love that day. It's a great day for that city. And I, and I hope that, I hope that also that other people were remembering that as well yesterday. Because like I was, I was thinking of how terrible it was, and I was bummed, and I was super bummed actually. Um, but I was also remembering like all of the good stuff that I remembered about that specific day, and all the good things that I remembered about the people that um, that I met during on that day in Boston. Like I, I used to work in special ed, and um, with like kids with severe special needs. And one of the first days that I got there, there was a kid who had uh, cerebral palsy, and he was in a wheelchair. And he was, he had like a, he talked through the computer and he was spelling things to me. Um, And I don't, like, the thing about it is that I am an asshole. (laughs) But with an open heart. (laughs) But like, these were middle school kids. And I don't know if anybody here uh, knows any middle school kids with special needs, but they're, but it's amazing because like, they might be in wheelchairs, but they still have boners. So it's mostly just the same problems. Mostly just a lot of T-zone acne and boners, but they're in a wheelchair. Same stuff. But I got there, you know, just thinking like, you know, you feel real proud of yourself the first day that you take on that job. You feel fucking proud of yourself. Oh, look at me. Just walking into the school on my legs. Such a hero. And I, and I went and I was talking to one of the kids, this kid who was spelling things, and he was, um, he was like, you know, I live in Hopkinton, which is where the marathon starts. And he was like, and, you know, my, so my heroes are the Hoyts. And I was like, I think you're spelling that wrong. That's not a person. You know, like, just, like, correcting a kid who's like, no, no, I'm talking about, like, this family where the son has cerebral palsy and then the dad pushes the son in a wheelchair and since I have cerebral palsy, I think I know what the fuck I'm talking about. <laughs> like, I'm not making these people up. Also, that's my girlfriend. And then he pointed to a girl that he was dating who also was in a wheelchair. And then she was like, that's right, we've been together for a couple of years, but we're not the longest couple in our grade because that is these other kids. And one of those kids had a head switch, and that's how he communicated And the girlfriend in that couple said, that's right, we've been going out since fourth grade. He asked me out in French. (laughs) 
Which means that not only does he type all of the letters that he speaks with his head, but he also took the time to fucking change the language on his computer. That's when I was like, all right, kids. We're gonna get along just fine. You guys are fucking cool as shit. I haven't done a goddamn thing. I just showed up for this job. Oh, aren't I a good person? You asked with a head switch. We're just trying to figure out how to connect with each other, I think. Uh, you know, like, when moments like this happen, we're trying to figure out how to connect. Actually, I, I do want to welcome, uh, because this just happened, I want to welcome a special guest to the stage, stage manager and a performer on this show, great comic. You guys know her very, uh, love her. Let's hear it right now for Rhea Butcher. She's going to come out to the stage right now. Yeah, Rhea Butcher. I almost threw that shirt out. I almost threw that shirt out today, but Rhea said... No, I need a purple outfit. Yeah, you can't throw this thing away. She's wearing purple underwear, too. All purple. I'm not kidding. Anyway, all purples. Thank it's just you guys. funny. Have you ever seen anybody wearing an entirely purple outfit? Except she for Grimace. Yeah. Grimace and Barney. It's the and only me. other guy. Uh, Rhea, what did you do today uh, after hearing about what happened yesterday? Well, I was feeling similarly down. Didn't really know what to do. In the dumps. In, super in the dumps. Just feeling very human and very basic. Uh-huh. So I realized there was nothing I could actually do to affect any change in Boston specifically, but I thought, well, you know what? I can just be nice. I can just be good and be nice. What a fucking change, right? right? <laughs> She's usually a jerk. Huge dick. So yeah. I thought... <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Okay. So I thought what I would do is I would send my ex-girlfriend, who I had not spoken to in over a year, um, just a kind email, because we'd been together for a really long time. We had a bad breakup. I'm really bad at breakups. I never do them well. I usually don't talk to people for a really long time after I break up with them. So that maybe I'll just send her a kind word. You said a lot of stuff about people that you used to date and how terrible you are after the breakup. Yes. Just pointing that out. Okay. <laughs> this is going to last forever. <laughs> We're not breaking up. No, I know. <laughs> So I sent her this email, and, um... Yes, we are! And then I throw it on the <laughs> yeah. mic. I, mean, I don't want to break up with you, but that's how the joke goes. And then a big hook and comes I run out, out of here, and then you move back to up. Chicago. It's yeah. hilarious. Super funny joke. Okay, I'm sorry, what were <laughs> yeah. you saying? So I send my ex-girlfriend an email, and I just say, you know, I haven't talked to you in a long time. Hope you're doing well. I care about you. I hope this finds you well. If you want to reply, that's great. If you don't, I totally understand. I wish you the best in everything. Sincerely, Rhea. That's nice. Yeah. It's a nice gesture. You say, oh, that's nice. You reached out to an ex. You said, you know, you, can, you made yourself vulnerable? Definitely did. I'm, I was proud of you. I thought that Thanks. was a great choice. Thanks. So what, tell me the rest of the story. So she replied, which is pretty awesome because I did not expect that at all. Like two hours later, she replied to my email. She says like, wow, Rhea, I'm really surprised to hear from you. Uh, it's been a long time. It's very nice of you to send this to me. I'm doing really well. I hope that you're capitalizing on all of your dreams in your life. I hope things are going great for you, too. I think that's fantastic. Then I get down to the, she says, sincerely, big idiot. Because I had forgotten to change her contact information in my phone. And Google, I changed the name to big idiot so that I wouldn't bother her for a long time. But then I forgot to change it before I sent that so kind-hearted email. So this morning, after the Boston explosion, she gets an email 
that just says the just in the it's it's from Rhea Butcher and then it's to big, big idiot. idiot. <laughs> because maybe you're like I can't hold this in any longer, you know? Life's too so. short to make up. Yeah. So if you can take anything from this, be kind and double check your Google contacts. Go ahead and do that. Yeah, go ahead and double check your Google. Rhea Butcher, ladies and Thanks, gentlemen. Thanks, <laughs> Taking a risk, trying to make it better. We're just humans. We're not going to nail it every time. Guys, you, you, seem, you actually seem like you're all doing really well. I'm stoked on this, because I, sure, I wasn't sure if it was going to be like, if everyone was going to feel kind of morose tonight. But everyone looks really open, smiley, like maybe they're like, yeah, come on, let's do it. Let's have a hilarious comedy show. Joke about, uh, you know, uh, penises and planes, or whatever comes up. The two Ps. You guys ready for the rest of your show? Come on, are you guys ready for the rest of your show? very excited uh, to bring this first comic to the stage. He is a former Chicagoan, moved here a bunch of years ago, but he's honestly one of the first people that ever helped me out in comedy. I remember like a couple months into starting, he uh, sat me down and told me like, hey, stick it out. So, obviously he was right. <laughs> no, I just mean it matters. It fucking matters if somebody gives you encouragement. And uh, this dude was one of the first people that ever was kind to me. And so we're going to give him a giant fucking round of applause right now. Am I right? Yeah. A very funny man. Let's hear it for Mr. Mike Bridenstine, guys. Give it up for Mike. Thank you. Give it up again for little Cammy Zeets, everybody. Little Cammy Zeets. I think I bought her her first uh, lap dance at a gentleman's club. So I don't know why I didn't get a round of applause for that, but I also helped her career. This first joke I was told none of you would get. Who accepts my fucking challenge? I've been listening to a lot of 80s music. Like, have you guys seen The Karate Kid, by the way? The old one, not the Will Smith shit kid one. By the way, my dad called me today, and he just goes, hey, who's that rapper, that black guy? And so I said, the Fresh Prince. And he said, yes. Okay, so... The old one, not the new one. I've been listening to a lot of 80s music, and I... My favorite song, I don't know the name of it, I just know it's from the Karate Kid soundtrack. So I just need someone to tell me the name of the song so I can buy it and move on with my life. Does anybody know? Yeah. If you know it, just yell it out. That's a great song, but that's not it. Does anybody else know? That's from, Karate, that's from Karate Kid 2. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> what if I was really... What if I sang the song? I don't... That's also Glory of Love. It's okay. It's where everyone can relax. Everyone. I'm going to sing the song, I guess. Okay. The song just goes like this. Udai Okio no Danielson! Bunzai! All right. A few of you didn't laugh at that. I understand that. And for you people, that's the funniest joke of all time. I told that joke one time, and a girl said to me, and I believed her because she was Asian, she said, that's not a song, it's a prayer. 
And I said, are you from Okinawa? She said, no. Then I said back to her, because you look okay, Nawa. That came out of my face to a person, which should never happen. Oh, my God. I remembered something. In that joke, I say, my dad called me, which is not true. But I do have, this is a voicemail from Thursday from my father. He got his hip replaced. He's 60. This is him hopped up on morphine calling me. I want to know if you want to look at my penis everyone else here has. I'll talk to you later. I was with him uh, <laughs> over Christmas. I was, my sister lives in South America, which I'll talk about later. But I was down there <laughs> and <laughs> I was at a bar and my dad ordered a pizza and the guy gives us the pizza and he just goes, you like a pizza? And my dad goes, yeah, it's really good. And the guy goes, you are a turtle who fight people. And he goes, I have no idea what you're talking about. I go, I think he's talking about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And the guy goes, yeah, they like pizza too. And I was thinking, if English is your second language, in fairness to that guy, you wouldn't have to know what the fuck Ninja Turtle is ever. Then I started thinking, did you know that in like Spain, uh, Die Hard is just called The Cop Whose Feet Hurt? Did you know that? <laughs> it's not true at all. I keep making shit up. But maybe in his country, the Ninja Turtle, whatever, fuck, whatever, okay. Oh, I have a new thing I want to talk about. I always complain about my auditions because they're always horrible. One time I had to take my shirt off in an audition and the director goes, now that's comedy. <laughs> so I started trying to like get better in shape, whatever. And two weeks ago, I still managed to have the worst audition I've ever had in my life. It was a straight-to-callback for Smirnoff Ice. And what we had to do is we had to stand... Like, here was the spot. There's a kiss cam in a stadium. It's two models, women. And they, the crowd goes crazy because they're pervs and they want them to kiss each other. But instead, they turn to two schlubby dudes next to them holding Smirnoff Ice and kiss them. Okay. I wasn't at the first audition, but people actually kissed in the first audition. And so when I show up, I get grouped into this group with two models and then, like, another dude. And these women looked absolutely fucking disgusted that they would have to kiss someone who looked like me. And I showed up not knowing what was going on. So their, like, backs are towards me. And they're like, and every time, like, I would talk to them in this group of four, I'd be like, yeah, I know. They'd be like, yeah, And it gets worse when we go into the room. Like, I stood off to the side, and then the guy stands off to the other side. The women are supposed to stand in the middle. Instead of standing there, they stand on the other side of the dude, as in not wanting to kiss me at all. And so, I, like, the girl slayed it, and I, her name sounded familiar, and so I went home and Googled it, and I'm glad I did. She's the girlfriend of Dr. Conrad Murray. If you don't know who that is, that's the man who murdered Michael Jackson. Do you guys remember Thriller and how it had Beat It and Billie Jean and all those fucking awesome songs? Her fucking boyfriend murdered him. And she won't pretend kiss me for four minutes. Why are you dating him? Was M Marvin Gaye's father not available? You fucking piece of shit. He's 60 years old. 
If he was a doctor, I would understand it. But since he had his medical license revoked, you're just the dude who killed the king of pop. My point is, I have a few pounds on me, but I've never used prescription drugs to murder Michael Jackson. Thank you, thank you. I have one thing I'm going to leave. Okay, I'm going to tell you a story and leave. The first time I ever did cocaine, I was in college, and I was good at it. Like, I was really good at it. I was so good, I got kicked out of college, and my parents sent me to go live with my sister, and she lives in South America. If you want to get off cocaine, might not want to go to South America, but for the nerds in here, sometimes you need to go to Mordor to get rid of the precious. Okay. While I was down there, I saw a bullfight. I don't know if you've seen a bullfight. It's cruelty to animals. It's amazing entertainment. A bullfight has three different parts. Like, this guy sitting next to me, he's like, you're really lucky to be here. You're going to see this kid. He's from Spain. He's the best in the world. And I was like, I would enjoy the best guy in the world. Let's see this shit. So bullfight has three parts. The first part is the cape thing. You guys have all seen the cape thing. Most bullfighters do it on their feet so they don't fucking die. This guy goes to his knees. I go, he's going to die. The guy goes, watch, just watch. So the bull runs at him, and from the guy's knees, he passes the bull. He doesn't even turn around to look at it. The bull's running back at him. He passes the bull again. Then after every sweet movie would do, he would stand up and go, bam, like this. This, to me, is awesome, because bullfighting is a sport that's so masculine, you have to dress the way your grandma would call a faggot. Not you, because you're better than that, but she's old. She's set in her ways. You dress like a fancy lad. Okay. The second thing that they do is they take two harpoon things covered in pinata stuff. I'm sure that's not what it's called, but that's what I'm calling it in the story. Bull runs at him. He, he's like, this is where this shit goes. And then he's like, bam, again. I go, he's fucking awesome. The guy goes, he is awesome. Check this out. If he kills the bull perfectly, he's going to get an ear. I go, I have no idea what you're talking about. So the guy goes, okay, we have towels under our chairs. And after he kills the bull perfectly, we wave him at judges at the top of the arena. And if they think it's the greatest bullfight of the year, they'll flip over a towel. He gets the bull's ear. So I'm like, let's get this guy a fucking ear. So he has a sword for the last part. And as he kills the bull perfectly, the bull does like a weird death throw. And its horn hooks the dude in the stomach. And he goes flying into the air like a fucking helicopter. Both the bull and the bullfighter die at the same time. I'd never seen anybody die like that before. So this is the deadest dude in the world to me. And this is when the second greatest slow clap I've ever seen in my life starts happening. We start waving our towels like our lives depended on his life's over. I want to see some cool shit, you know what I mean? So we, every, we go crazy. Finally, they flip over the towel. He gets the ear. I go, this is the greatest day of my life. The guy goes, wait, just wait. I go, what? He goes, he can get the second ear. I go, what the fuck are you talking about? So he goes, he goes here's what needs to happen. This old man needs to stand. We need an elder to stand up and say that this is the greatest bullfight he's ever seen. If that happens, he gets the bull's second ear. It's the greatest honor in bullfighting. And I am trashed off of red wine or that goat stomach shit because they didn't have cocaine. And I said, find me a fucking elder right now. So everybody shuts up and this old man says in Spanish, he goes, I am 75 years old. I've been to bullfights here my entire life. Then I swear to God, he goes, my dick still works. Don't know why he said it, just threw it in. Like, I'm the elder, ladies, afterwards, check me out or don't, whatever. Then he said, this is the greatest bullfight I have ever seen in my life. And I go, fuck yes. We start waving the towels. We're going even crazier than the first time. I look over in the tunnel. 
Now they're holding the dead bullfighter above their heads and walking him slowly back to the middle of the arena. He's even deader than he was before. He's super fucking dead. And we're like, I'm like, give him the thing. He's just dead. And we're waving the, we died for us. Like he's Jesus, who I don't believe in. And we're waving this. We're going even crazier than the first time. They take forever. Finally, they flip over the second towel. He gets the bull's second ear. And right when that happened, right when they flip it over, the dead bullfighter who's laying there sits up and goes, bam, like that. I started going, somebody fuck that guy. I don't know why I said it. The old guy was talking about fucking. I was like, one of you guys needs to fuck somebody. The moral of that story, if there is one, is that I'm really glad I did cocaine. All right, thank you guys very much. Mike Bridenstine. Let's hear it from Mike. My grandmother never called anybody a faggot. That's fucking true. How are you doing? Yeah. Wow. You're so smiley and laughing around me. What'd you say? Oh, God, thanks so much. Oh, you listen to the show. You... Oh, and you come to the show. I just haven't seen your face yet. But it's great. Have I talked to you, even? I just can't remember because of the lights. You know, I can't physically see you guys, right? <laughs> what did you say the last time you were here? What did we talk about? I was wearing a shirt. Um, what was it? <laughs> oh, you had like a famous dude in your boobs. Yeah. Dude in your boobs. How are you? <laughs> I didn't recognize you without the dude on your boobs. Now you just got stripes. What the fuck? Who was it even? Wait. Michael McDonald? No, but similar. <laughs> Kenny Rogers. Yes. I do a lot of shows, but I'm pretty good at my job. <laughs> Guys, we are going to keep the show rolling. Awesome, awesome comic. He's done the show before, and we were really happy to have him back. Uh, he has a great show Monday nights uh, called Hot Tub, and also he just recently completed his skywriting project. Ladies and gentlemen, let's hear from Mr. Kurt Broneler. Give it up for Kurt. Okay, so, talk to me about two things. Uh, number one, and I just asked, this is not a pressure situation, yeah. but why didn't you want your tet, your, your, your tet saped? Why didn't you want your set taped tonight? What are you doing tonight? What are you prepping for? Uh, it's just a general for late night. Just trying to record, like, a clean tape? Yeah, I mean, I've submitted a bunch of times uh, and with a, a lot of stuff, and now it's yeah. like, I'm just assuming no one's interested in that other stuff. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So it's like, okay, I'm going to get a fresh tape. Yeah, that's of great. A, of a new, it'll, that's new eight minutes. It's no, nobody's seen. Sure. And it's about airplanes. So yeah. fucking take it. Right. It's about you, fucking airplanes. Do you think you'll do it again? Like, and try and get a couple different tapes? Or do you think you, no, like, this is you my got fifth, it? This is my fifth time. This is your fifth time. This is my awesome. fifth time trying to make a fucking tape. Yeah. And every other time, either the camera's broke or the audience is broke. Um, I thought that went really well tonight. That was, that was great. Yeah, yeah. that, that felt like really that. usable. So yeah, I yeah, that, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that does for you, too. Um, I just ask about that because a lot of people that listen, I mean, obviously this is like, you know, stand-ups listen to podcasts, but it's also a lot of just humans that have no idea how yeah. this even works. Because you, like, submit a tape and then maybe those jokes are going to be on late night yeah, TV. Maybe so that's they how it is. Yeah. You're and also, taping that shit. Exactly. And also, like, I had to just make sure that, you know, you can't curse and you can't really make fun of brands. 
Right. So it's like that sort of thing of making sure that it's clean and also accessible. So I'm not talking about super weird that stuff. You're not, right. Like, just really hacky, but exactly. also like individual enough that you seem to have a voice. Right. Like I even thought about like I do a joke about Instagram right at the top of the show, yeah. my set, which I think is very like I like that joke. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was like, I don't know. Like, if my mom heard that joke, she, I don't, she wouldn't get it. You know? <laughs> Although I did just yesterday ask my mom if she knows what Instagram is. And my mom yeah. totally knows what it is. Your mom so knows, but like, your, she doesn't know that like people audience. just constantly post pictures of sunsets on it. Right? No, no, no. I mean, I'll have to prep her you yeah, know, yeah, like, yeah. from when you tell that joke. I'm like, hey, I'll give yeah, her yeah, the, yeah, the yeah, phone yeah. call or just some notes, just some quick notes. Yeah. I just don't know where they come from. Do you know what I mean? I would like to get in behind the idea of like yeah. bookers of late night. Because I think yeah. I, I probably, you know, I know a bunch of them and I don't. I still, everybody has their own little tastes. Right. Yeah. Well, I, I'm i sure uh, that we're going to see all of that shit that people <laughs> didn't hear on Late Night TV t- soon. And until then, I'm just really glad you stopped by the show. Thank you very Thanks much. For that. Guys, Kurt Brodler, let him hear it. Come on. He is a hilarious man. Did anybody here go to that skywriting event? Do you know what I'm talking about also? Who clap if you know what I'm talking about? He had a Kickstarter, and then people donated money, and then an airplane flew over and said a funny message. And that was the whole thing. And that's why it's brilliant. So very, very. I actually didn't go. I don't remember what it said. Who knows what it said? How do I land? How do I land? Should have said the punchline. It's funnier with that part. It's actually funny. It's funny enough conceptually. I didn't even want to spoil it for myself. Could have said anything. How's it going? Who am I going to chat to now? I just want to feel like I want to check in with them. You've been smiling at me all night also. How are you doing? I'm yes? How was your day? Uh, good. Oh, you went to Venice Beach for the first time. How many alien themed t-shirts did you buy? I don't know what they have at Venice Beach, but it's like stuff like that, right? It's almost entirely people trying to sell their hip hop. Yeah, ooh, lots of hip hop. Did you pick up some new hip hop? None. None. Did you see a lot of people shredding? Uh. <laughs> what is, is that about skateboards? Rhea, what's a word about skateboards? Fakey. She said fakey. Did you see a fakey? <laughs> cool. Where were you? Why'd you go to Venice for the first time? Uh, visiting. Oh, you're visiting from Nova Scotia. So you're like, what's all this heat? You know? <laughs> I say that like I've never lived in Chicago. That is something that people say when you, like, because I moved here from Chicago. And I, and this, people literally say to me, like, God, I went there in the summer and I was freezing. And I go, what are you talking about? Because it's 119 in the summer. I think maybe you just imagined that you were in a scene from, like, The Untouchables or something. <laughs> I don't think you've actually been to that city. Or they're like, oh, the wind! It's so windy! But it's not that windy. That's, that's because Chicago politicians are full of hot air. That's why it's called the Windy City. So you definitely know somebody doesn't know what the fuck they're talking about about Chicago. And they're like... It's cold in the summer and windy! You are not true or accurate at all. Even your... Um, but anyway, is it, does it get warm in the summer in Nova Scotia? Yes, it gets very... Well, in Celsius, it gets to 30 degrees. 
Oh my God, who even knows what the fuck you're talking about? In Celsius it gets how hot? Okay. See, isn't it terrible because you have to know how to do ours and we're just like, ha! We just yell over what you're saying. Celsius, what is that? Warm sounds windy! Yeah, like I don't know what you're saying, but... Um, yeah, oh, 15 centimeters of snow. I could run that easy. <laughs> My car gets 15 centimeters to the liter. See how I did that conversion really quickly? Is liter metric? I don't remember. Centimeters not metric? What? She said, whatever we're on. Do you find my point exactly? Whatever we are, not us. I'm not making fun of you. That's what we all think. All of us just had that in our minds. Celsius, like he's speaking tongues. <laughs> what, are you, what are you doing in L.A.? Oh, that's fantastic. That's th those are that's a pretty drive. Yeah. Or I don't where is that? <laughs> but wait, here's what's funny. When I went like this and then I said where is that? Then Jordan who comes to the show a lot, he went like sort of, but I just had pointed to two air spaces, like two air places on an invisible map and he was like kind of a little to the air left. You know like cuz we get it cuz we're Americans. See, we didn't even do any directions at all. I just pointed to, what is it, here and there? Is it between this and that? You get it. <laughs> well, I hope you really enjoy your trip. What else are you going to do while you're here? Anything else planned? Oh, wait. Okay, so is San, is, did you, why did you do, wait, when are you going on Friday? I'll be there on Thursday. Come early. You could see this show in San Francisco on Thursday night. It won't be the same comics, but I'll be there. And then you'll just kind of, and then we're going to uh, Portland on Sunday. So what are you doing on Sunday? Come to that. Actually, that's a great time to mention. Well, round of applause for this gentleman, first of all. So smiley, such a good sport. Um, also, that's a great time to mention. We will be in San Francisco on Thursday at the Dark Room Theater at 10 p.m. That is Thursday the 18th. And on the 21st of April, we'll be at the Bridgetown Comedy Festival in Portland at 10 p.m. at the Mount Tabor Theater. If you know people in those cities, please let them know about the show. Uh, we absolutely want them to be like a blast. And so send your friends out. Or if you're listening at home, get, stop it. Get the fuck out of here and go to that show. Okay, great. We're going to keep it rolling. Yes? Oh, this next comic, well, she's wearing an amazing outfit tonight. And I don't think she's going to wear her jacket on stage, but we're literally wearing the same outfit. And you know what? Fuck yeah, we are. That's awesome. She's also hilarious. But what I'm trying to say is hilarious, also great taste in outfits. Ladies and gentlemen, let's hear it right now for the hilarious Eliza Skinner. Come out! Cameron. I feel like I feel like Cameron is like like the new Pippi Longstocking. She's got like the kooky hair. She's got the voice that you can just imagine saying like, "Why build a tree house when we can build a tree castle?" It's like making things happen. 
happen? Uh, which I'm jealous of. I, 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 want, I want you to do com- cartoons. That's what I'm saying. Anyway, back to the show. Um, so I'm really excited to be here. Who is from Nova Scotia? Who was talking from... You were talking from Nova Scotia. You told these people that it gets hot like 30 degrees. That's 86 degrees, y'all. 80... Ooh. Woo! That is like... That's January to us. Mic drop. No. I get really intense about weather. Um... So, uh, so I'm I'm in a, I'm a good mood today. I uh, I went to I went to Target earlier and I was shopping for T-shirts. <laughs> I shop for T-shirts in the men's department because because uh, the women's department doesn't have good shirts for like 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 adult women. Like they have good shirts for like younger women that have like Tweety Bird on them and say like What am I doing? <laughs> then it skips from that to discounted maternity shirts. <laughs> Just, like, nothing for the life choices in between. <laughs> Those choices are available in the men's department. So that's where I shop. And, uh, and I found a stack of shirts for adult men that had Mr. Snuffleupagus on them. Yeah, oh, yeah, Big Bird's best friend. Hairy elephant, no ears, bad attitude. <laughs> so they had Mr. Snuffleupagus on them, and they said, Every day I'm snuffling. And I was like, oh, I have to just stand right here and wait to meet my husband. <laughs> right? Because eventually, eventually some guy's going to come in and be like, oh, do they have any extra large every day I'm snuffling? And I'll be like, they do. I'm wearing it as a veil. <laughs> Together forever. Which would be great for me, because uh, yeah, I don't like dating. I am not good at dating. Um, I'm just like, like all of those get to know you questions are just the worst, the worst thing in the world. Like I had a guy on a date ask, so which do you like, cats or dogs? And I was like, what, to draw? Are you serious? Are we, are we six? You're asking me my favorite animal and you're giving me two choices. Like I can't like both. I can like both. And clearly by the way that I've answered, the answer is cats. I think the only reason to ask that question is to rule out all the people who are like, oh, cats or dogs? Oh, neither. I like birds. <laughs> have you ever noticed that they have knives for noses? <laughs> and their eyes look like marbles pushed into tiny buttholes. <laughs> I let mine shit everywhere. I said that to a friend of mine, and he was like, oh, yeah, bird people are so weird. I knew this girl who had, like, a buttload of birds. And I was like, that doesn't seem like that many birds. You know? I mean, it depends a lot on the person and the birds. Like, for me, it's, like, I I guess, like, maybe one bird. But I'm, I'm just guessing. I also had a guy on a date ask, so if you could have any superpower, which would you have? Flight, invisibility, or the ability to talk to animals? And I was like, hold up, when did the ability to talk to animals get in the mix? Isn't that question always flight or invisibility? 
feel like Aquaman stood up at a meeting of the Justice League. <laughs> I need you guys to hear me. I am a part of this team. Dolphins carry away. But I was really glad that that was an option because for me, yes, absolutely, talk to animals. Hands down, that is what I want. I have always wanted, that would be, what do they, what do they think and what do they want? Do they want to wear little vests? I bet they do. I bet they just don't have the option. But that's making a lot of assumptions. Like I'm putting a lot of my own stuff on, the, like, like what, because what if you could talk to animals and you found out they were just awful? Like all of them, you know? Like if you were like, Good morning, Mr. Squirrel. And Squirrel was like, I can smell your pussy. And like, oh. <laughs> to be fair, we're talking about animals, so that is what they would say. <laughs> Especially the dogs. I'd be like, Good morning, Mr. Dog. Dog would be like, I can smell your pussy. You've been jogging, right? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Gonna go buy a vest. Dude, I just want to talk to animals so much. I have, I, as I said, <laughs> I, I like cats. I'm a cat person. I have a cat, and I was feeding him the other day, and like, while I was feeding him, like, I, as I normally do, being like, yum, 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 I'm a kitty, and I'm eating, and I'm eating because I'm a kitty. And then I thought, like, what if he looked at me and did that? If he turned up at me and was like, I am a kitty, and I'm eating, I would just crush his head. <laughs> it would be fucking terrifying, right? Just be like, no! What I'm saying is I guess it's a good thing I don't get my wish. Um, as I said, I am a, I am a cat person. Uh, people love to make fun of the cat lady. My, my friends are like, how many cats do you have? And I was like, one. They're like, mm, are you sure? It seemed like more. <laughs> you should check. Like, yeah, it's just one. Everybody got to make fun of it. Oh, like, oh, it's so easy. You got a cat. You must be so lonely. You must be so sad. But you got a bunch of cat hair on your toothbrush. Bunch of cats under your sweater. So sad. <laughs> sad cat lady. You know who doesn't give a fuck what you think? Cat ladies. Are you a cat? No? I don't give a fuck what you think. <laughs> I got treats in my pocket, so somebody loves me, Okay. It's crazy because, like, you know, if I'm walking around, I see a cat in, like, a lawn or a, a store or something, I have to stop and try to pet it, try to make friends. I have my own cat at home, but OPP, you know what I mean? <laughs> Thank you. I'm Eliza Skinner. Eliza Skinner, guys! Let's let her hear it. Come on! Hey, we are going to keep the show right on rolling. Uh, this next comic is... Hilarious. He's also, you've seen him on TV, he's been on Comedy Central, he's been on uh, Conan. He also currently uh, is the voice of Tina on a very popular show called Bob's Burgers. Ladies and gentlemen, let's hear from Mr. Dan Mintz, guys. Give it up for Dan. Awesome, buddy. Well, Dan, thanks for doing the show tonight. Thanks for having me. Um... Talk to me a little bit about this, because I was hearing you in the green room beforehand, mm -hmm. like, kind of explaining to a chick who seemed like she was very engaged with your voiceover work, but mm -hmm. also very confused by it. Mm -hmm. how, has, how has it changed doing live shows since you're on a television show with your voice? Well, um, I mean, it's, a change, it's definitely a positive change. Um, 
it's you know being on an animated show is not the same as being on a live action sitcom in terms of like drawing people to see you right Um, just because it's I mean if you're on you have to be a huge fan of the a cartoon to want to come see a voice in a cartoon. Yeah. Whereas if it's just a random show, it could be, oh, I heard, oh, that show I heard about, it. I'll go see the guy in that show. Absolutely. So so it doesn't help a ton in that way, but it's it's great because it I'm, and if I'm an out, brought out, like you brought me out as being Tina from Buzz Burgers, and there's always like, you know, people in the audience that are excited about the show. And then I just automatically get a laugh off my first line. Yeah. Like, oh, that, that is the voice. And I- then... It's just this kind of, like, boost that pushes me forward. That's so funny, because I almost feel like you have to say it, because it is a really popular TV show right now, and you have a very specific voice. And I feel like if you don't say that that's who you are, people are going to be sitting in there in the audience like, who the fuck is this? Like, I know this voice from, yeah. Like, I hear this guy all the time in my house. Um, I was a little worried it would be, like, hard to tell jokes from a male point of view about dating. Absolutely. But as long as it's um, not, I mean, maybe it's not the very first joke I tell. Yeah. Works out. I did. It's funny. I have a joke that the setup to the joke is I used to have shoulder length hair. And um, I told it once as opening joke and it, everyone was really, con- they laughed after this setup and was confused by the punchline. I realized because, oh, they think I'm saying that I'm Tina. Yeah. Here. And that is not That's what funny. the point of the joke was. Right. But yeah. Yeah. And I, I wonder if in some ways it wouldn't be even more interesting because you are a dude that voices a chick and that, like, that's part of the joke with that voice as it is because it's like she has an unusual voice for a lady because it's a man's voice. But then also (laughs) when that voice is then going back to talking about dating, it's like a a mind fuck. But in a good way. Yeah, I mean, yeah, sometimes it adds, sometimes it can distract from the joke. So what's next? What do you have that you're thinking about doing next? Uh, career-wise, jokes-wise. Well, I'm recording an album this summer. I've never done an album before, um, so I'm excited. I've been doing this for like 13 years. I thought it was time to finally put it down. Put it down. Um, well, we will absolutely let all of the listeners know when well, you have you the so album, much. and you have to come back on the show and tell oh, cool. us how oh, it went. I'd love to. Thank you. Awesome. Right, thank you. Guys, Dan Mintz, let him hear it. He's hilarious, yes? Also, he's hilarious on the show. You should uh, be watching Bob's Burgers. If you're not doing that, are you okay? (laughs) Awesome. We got two final comics, and they're both going to break your hearts with joy. Uh, This next comic, he is from Australia, but he has mostly performed in the UK, so we're so excited to have him here. Uh, Also, he's like in the country because he went to WrestleMania. So this is the kind of guy we're fucking talking about. Formerly, yeah, one... The top prize at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival. Hilarious gentleman. He is releasing a new album, but I think it... Did you say it's your ninth? It's my ninth. It's my first US one. First US album. Ninth album. Let's crush it for him, guys. Let's hear right now from Mr. Brendan Burns. Give it up for Brendan. Come on. Hey. Hey, keep it going for Cameron. Keep it going for Cameron. And I actually mean that. She's a nice and funny lady. I know that's a weird thing that you do here in the States is there's like ten comics and they all go, keep it going for the compare. And after about the tenth time you keep it going, you start to feel like, fuck that guy, I've clapped too much. <laughs> and then at the end it's like, good night. And it's like, fuck you, we had to overclap you, you're a prick. And, but I actually genuinely mean it. Cameron is nice and funny because I was in New York 
and I had to say, keep it going for that 23-year-old young misogynist. Keep it going for that young man. I have no idea how many rapes he's committed and I'm pretty sure he doesn't know either. Like, do you ever see a 23-year-old kid and he's, he's talking about dating and it's just like, you've committed rape. I'm sure that's... A... Do you ever hear someone's version of events and they're still the cunt in their story? And you're like, this is your version! What the fuck really happened? This is supposed to be biased towards you and I want to punch your fucking head in, mate. I, uh, I, I love being in America. Of course, every culture has aspects to it that are just a revelation to foreigners and beyond banal to the locals. Like, this will just, like, you'll be like... So, and is... The thing that freaks foreigners out when they first come to America is that everyone has an American accent no matter what race they are. <laughs> That's fucking staggering. That is... Like, that has got to be my favourite thing about globalisation. It makes me feel that humanity is going to be OK. It's every time you see an accent come out of a race you weren't expecting. You know, like the first time you go to Scotland and you walk into a corner store... And a Pakistani guy goes, Are you right, pal? And you're like, ah! Whoa! How the fuck did that noise come out of that head? And you kept the wobble. You're freaking me out. But I have... Uh, I'm, I'm glad to see the sun again, because I have just come from New York. Are there any New Yorkers in? Right, OK. Calm the fuck down. All right? It's just a fucking city. Right? It's not the centre of the universe. It's a parochial fucking nightmare, quite frankly. Like, here's the, like New Yorkers, you left, so you're already in my cool book, right? But the fact you've blacked out the sky. I couldn't see the stars at night. And I'm Australian. I didn't realise I have an internal compass. And I couldn't see the sky, so I didn't know what north from south, and everyone's like, yeah, but, you know, don't worry, the streets are all gridded and numbered. I'm like, you knew you were going to fuck up that bad? <laughs> that you numbered the streets? No wonder you think it's the centre of the universe. You can't even see the fucking galaxy, right? It's... Here's my issue, right, is New Yorkers, I don't think you fully understand that uh, you're a human byproduct. Uh, that I don't think you're aware that, you know, that... that because New Yorkers seem to think that New York is the world. I don't think you're aware that the world shat you out, right? Is... Sorry, no offence. See, I'm not... See, this is why I suck in seven minutes, I'll be honest, because I'm not immediately likeable. I... You know, I can't... Be... I'm... I hope I'm eventually lovable. You give me an hour, you know, but seven minutes, some of you are going to want to kill me. And... But it's... And <laughs> you've got, like, this thick acrid smoke coming out of the ground 24 hours a day like that's not something of a hint you're living in hell on fucking earth the ground is smoking at you and you'll just skip through it like it's nothing do you know what it is do you know what it is it's the byproduct right of all the air conditioning from all the high-rise buildings so think about it. That's hundreds of thousands of human samples of just, like, breath, dead skin, cloth fibres. I've never been more aware of something entering my lungs in my life. And so I was just like, <coughs> was that teeth? What? Ow! Now am I breathing in teeth? 
And you guys are so hard-edged, you'll turn it into, like, soft-core pornography of, like, iconic images of Marilyn Monroe standing over a sewer grate in a billowing white dress as a thousand souls shoot straight up her cunt, right? <laughs> and everyone's like, oh, and I'm like, no, dirty vagina. Marilyn Dirty Vagina Monroe. And I know your defence and you're like, hey, you know what, yo, this is New York City, all right? I can get Chinese food and a hooker at 3 a.m. What cultural advancements you've made? Tell me, is there anything you're proud of that doesn't involve neon lighting and a fat guy yelling numbers down a phone? Some of you are going to have to enjoy that one on your way home. <laughs> I, uh... It didn't impress me. I'm sorry. It did. You know what? My son nailed New York. We were in Times Square and he goes, what is this? And I said, this is one of the world's most famous squares. And he goes, you mean people travel around the world to look at adverts? And I'm like, shit, that's actually quite astute. Because you know what impresses me, sir? Right? Do you know what impresses me? Does anyone know what stromatolites are? It was a long shot, I know. All right. Short version. Stromatolites are the reason that life on Earth exists. They were the first rock formations to, to house the very first microbes that converted carbon dioxide into oxygen. They previously only existed in scientific theory. Then they found fossils of these rock formations in the 50s in the Kimberleys in Western Australia and then in the 1970s. And to this very day, young man, you can find living microbes housed within these stromatolites, alive and well, 4.5 billion years old, alive and well in Shark Bay, north of Perth, Western Australia, where I was born. Yeah, that impresses me. So you'll have to excuse me, New York City, if a hundred-foot poster of Puff Daddy flogging polo shirts leaves me a tad fucking underwhelmed. <laughs> Clap all you want. You should see what I say about LA when I'm there. Uh, my point being is that if you're made a steal, you're on a time limit. You know, you're on a time limit because... Every culture, every civilization has left little footprints in the sand to remind us, by the way, things as you know them don't last forever. You know, pyramids, Colosseum, Stonehenge. Oh, I love Stonehenge. Stonehenge is my favorite landmark because the big mystery about Stonehenge is that they took eight blue stones, massive blue stones, and they pushed them all the way, right, by, by hand, no horses, proven, no horses, by hand to the west of England. And I just know, in my soul, somewhere along the way, the conversation had to go something like... Hang on, what are we doing this for? Shut up, it'll freak people out. They'll think we're trying to tell time or something, wankers. That's what we should do with all our knowledge and technology. Instead of building sky rises and skyscrapers and blowing each other up, we should devote our energies into confusing the future. <laughs> I've got an idea. Let's climb to the top of Mount Everest and at its peak, drill a hole down the middle of it five miles deep. Then, chuck a dog down it and fill it in. So that in billions and billions and billions of years, whatever species has reached the top of the food chain and the planes will have shifted, they'll find that fossil and go... How the fuck did that happen? 
For good measure, give the dog a gunshot wound and a crown. <laughs> Thank you, Los Angeles. My name's Brendan Burns. Keep it going for Cameron, ladies and gentlemen. Keep it actually going for her while she is here. Guys, please buy his album, Brandon Burns, Pompously Lectures Americans. That is what it is called. It is available on Stand Up Records, also on iTunes, and you should definitely support that gentleman. Hilarious guy, very, very nice guy. Awesome. We got one final comic. Are we, do we still have it in our hearts? We got so, we, come on, guys. We can do this. We can get through this together. It felt like maybe, okay, all right, we'll try a different tactic. Um... Whatever you're going home to is worse than this. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but right now, um, you know, I'm. There's a lot of I'm, you know, the people that I can see look attractive, um, and well kempt. You know, there's a lot of there's a community here, and you're going to your isolated houses, uh, you know, to, to eat to, to eat cheeses. <laughs> But now you can live. You know, this is a moment. This is a real, this is a real moment. We can, this is a, it's a halftime and we're down. You know, but we're not out. And, you know, and Ricky played a, a great first half. Can't let him carry us. We've had a great season. We're not going to throw it away now. We're not going to throw it away with, uh, other two coaches, both out sick, and me, four kids at home, here late in the game, when usually I would have left, because I'm a working mom. So we can really pull this together, or we can leave right now. Who is going to start this fucking slow clap? Come on, this is... And it kind of builds then, actually. It builds. It kind of builds. Somebody's elected prom king. I don't know which one of you. Ladies and gentlemen, we got one final comic on the show. Do we have it in us? You would know him as one of the hosts of the cult favorite podcast, Jordan Jesse Go. Ladies and gentlemen, let's hear it for the hilarious Mr. Jordan Morris. Give it up for Jordan. Wow. Uh, Cameron, I think with that intro, people are expecting a football game. <laughs> Sorry, just a guy telling jokes. No football. <laughs> um, I don't know if you guys know this, but they have an Axe body spray for women now. And here's a fun fact. Uh, if you sex your lady while you're wearing Axe for him and she's wearing Axe for her, your baby will come out riding a tiny jet ski. <laughs> His first words will be, fuck me, fuck you. <laughs> and then he'll get really drunk and try and convince you to vote for Ron Paul. <laughs> um, Mad Men is back on the air. Uh, I enjoy that show. I also enjoy the little Mad Men side business that I have. Apparently, uh, people watch this show, and uh, women in particular, some men, uh, watch the show and feel a little uh, sexually uncomfortable because of John Hamm. He's very handsome on that show. You go online, you see his bonkers huge penis 
and you feel a little sexually uncomfortable. So I have a business that I like to call the John Hamm Cooldown. <laughs> Here's how this goes. If you watch the show and you're feeling sexually ganked up, you call me, you come over to my place, and watch me eat a can of chili while I complain about what went wrong with the Predator franchise. <laughs> After that, you will be as dry as a cracker. Um, I enjoy, uh, I enjoy medical marijuana. I enjoy, uh, that we have dispensaries here in L.A. It's, it's, it's a great advantage of living here. Um, uh, I go to Compassionate Caregivers on Santa Monica. If you're ever in the neighborhood, they do good work. Um, and I like, I like that the lady at Compassionate Caregivers is really into the idea that medical marijuana is medicine. Like, every time I go and make a purchase on my way out, she's sure to go, hey... I hope you feel better. <laughs> I mean, if she was being real, she would just go, hey, I hope you have fun playing video games. <laughs> hey, I hope you put peanut butter on something you've never put peanut butter on before. Uh, I love my spot in L.A., but if you've ever been to San Francisco, oh, my God, these are medical marijuana Palaces. They have everything. I was walking by this place in San Francisco, and they had a, a sign in the window, uh, medical marijuana, acupuncture, Pilates classes, and career counseling. <laughs> I swear to God. Uh, so, you know, I went in and sat down with one of the career counselors, uh, Chet, and, uh, you know, we just brainstormed some stuff uh, for me to do for my new career, and here's what we came up with. Um, make a store that sells trippy posters. <laughs> Teach snowboard lessons and sell dream catchers out of the back of your van. Also, live in the van. And finally, work at this medical marijuana clinic. <laughs> uh, ma'am, I, I, uh, what's your name in the cardigan? Annie. Annie? You did something hilarious at the top of the show. Uh, I don't know if you guys noticed this, but at the top of the show, Annie was a little late and kind of came in with her head down. You can tell that she's a polite lady. But I would, I would describe what you did as a hilarious Charlie Chaplin walk. <laughs> like she had her head down but was going like this. <laughs> I like the idea that when you're being polite, you're accidentally hilarious. Like, I was imagining, like, you being, uh, like, the co-star of one of those Liam Neeson, Give Me Back My Daughter movies, and it's like, you're under the bed, the terrorists bust down the door, and they're like, is anyone in here? And you're like, no, there's no one in here. Just a bed, no one under it. Like, you're doing the crazy voice of the guy who works everywhere in the Flintstones. Well, Mr. Flintstone, I work at nine stores. <laughs> um, yep. Uh, <laughs> so, um, I, uh, I occasionally, uh, go out for acting. I try and act. Uh, I don't think I'm very good at it. Uh, I have the same problem with acting that I do with, uh, getting a blowjob standing up. And that's, uh, I never know what to do with my hands. <laughs> I feel like during both of them, I'm always like...
I wish I could do both of them as an old man so it would make sense for me to be whittling. For the podcast audience, uh, I did a lot of hilarious blowjob motions with my hands. They were all very funny, so imagine them and laugh. Great. Now back to you guys. Uh, so yeah, I'm trying to act. Uh, I'm trying to get in, in a little bit uh, a better of a shape. Uh, I've started doing the um, the pole dancer workout. Do you guys know about this pole dancer workout? Uh, I'm not doing any actual dancing yet. I'm taking it slow. I haven't done any actual dancing, but I have changed my name to Ferrari, and I'm doing a lot of coke in the ladies' room. <laughs> I have not lost any weight, but I am dating the drummer of a pretty sweet poison cover band. Um, so yeah, I am, uh, I am not in the best shape, uh, and when I go out for acting, I go out for a very particular kind of role. Uh, you know, like a, like a annoying stoner, or a drunk stoner, <laughs> or something like that. Uh, and, and the cast, the descriptions of these characters can be a little bit, uh, a little bit blunt, a little bit hurtful, and I just kind of wanted to share one of these things with you guys so you kind of know what I'm going through. Uh, so this is kind of the notice that my managers will get before they send me on an audition. So the character is failure number two. <laughs> Description, an overweight slob with no prospects or any real purpose. Ideally, candidate has a pasty complexion and skin that appears stained with food even when it's not. A sense of sexual desperation is key. Characters should be so unfuckable that the mere suggestion of intercourse with them causes dry heaves and or sobbing in the viewer. Don't mistake this for a lovable loser type. He is a loser, but a hateful and foul son of a bitch. Please, no actors with redeeming qualities. We're looking for a waste of atoms here. A real God's mistake that the audience would gladly hit with their cars then sleep like babies when they got home. Think Charles Manson, but without the charisma. Please bring headshot, resume, restraining orders, smelliest fart contest trophies, and pictures of any scabs or lesions that might not be visible underneath clothes. Last part's more sad than it is funny. Um, uh, great. Uh, I think I'll leave you with this. Um, when I was growing up, um, I had a friend uh, who had a very religious family, like in kind of a weird way. Um, they were religious and also uh, didn't believe that dinosaurs existed. They thought that the earth was only 2,000 years old uh, and that dinosaurs never existed. And I said to them, like, well, I've been to the museum. I've seen dinosaur bones. What are those? And uh, the dad said that dinosaur bones are the creation of the museum industry. <laughs> it was then that I learned that the world was run by three indelible forces. Big oil, big steel, and big museum. <laughs> uh, thanks a lot. I'm Jordan Morris. How about a hand for Cameron and all the comics? Thank you. Guys, Jordan Morris. Let's hear it one more time for Jordan. And in fact, while you're at it, why don't you keep it going for everybody you saw tonight? 
I just have one more favor to ask of you guys. For those of you that uh, come to the live show, we would love it if you went on and, and grabbed the podcast. And we'd also love it if you wrote us a review. It helps so much for other folks to find us, people that don't live in L.A. So if you like the show here and you like the comics that you're, that you're seeing here, you're like going home and you are, having, you are making justice happen for people that do not live in Los Angeles. You could go to your own place where you're from. You can go to Nova Scotia. Just hand out flyers. Let people know that the show is happening. Every, every rating and every review helps to make us a little bit more visible to the iTunes, to the folks that are on iTunes, and that way we get more listeners. And that's actually what most people say in their comments is like, we really love this show, and we don't live in L.A. It's hard for us to get to see a lot of cool up-and-coming stand-ups or people that are professionals have been doing it for years. Which one am I? I don't know. Both. But you guys, you've been an awesome audience. I'm Cameron Esposito. This is Put Your Hands Together. We're here every Tuesday night at the UCB Theater. Thank you so much for coming. Put your hands together. 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 Get ready to laugh with your hands together. Put your hands together. Get ready to clap. Your hands together. Put your hands together. This is Arnie Niekamp from the Improv Fantasy Podcast, Hello from the Magic Tavern. I fell through a dimensional portal behind a Burger King in Chicago into the magical land of Foon, and I started a podcast. Season three has just begun with a brand new adventure to defeat the Dark Lord. If you're a new listener or you've fallen behind, season three is a great jumping on point. And we've got great guests like Justin McElroy. I sound like a fancy college professor. Eight nights. <laughs> Rachel Bloom. You all see my collection of men corpses and one woman. Felicia Day and Colton Dunn. You've seen <coughs> me have intercourse with a variety of species. It's a bummer. Andy Daly. You have the members of Genesis listed, but Phil Collins yeah. has crossed out and then circled and crossed out again. Uh, yes, I have killed Phil Collins twice. Thomas Middleditch. <laughs> Oh, Jesus! I mean, Jazos! <laughs> ruler of the Eighth Circle! And that's just the beginning. Season 3 of Hello from the Magic Tavern is out now. Listen in Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.